Amen. Well, Merry Christmas, everybody. I know I'm a week early, but, but it's Christmas time. It's a season of hope. It's a season of family traditions. A season of 30-minute claymation and animation goodness. What's your, what's your favorite special? Anybody, just call it out. Rudolph, anyone else? Frosty? Anyone else? White Christmas, not a claymation, but a great, a great movie. No, no, that's, hey, no, that's, you can, you can never go wrong with that answer. The California Raisins. Well, the, the Heat Miser and the Coal Miser, yeah, which one was that? I don't know. We had Chris Kringle, young, young Chris Kringle before he got white and rotund. What about the Grinch? I love the Grinch. Um, I was telling a couple people before service that when Cindy Lou Who gathers people around the tree at the end, I think they start singing in tongues. I think they're they're like Yahoo. That's not English. That's not that's not Latin. I don't know what that is. They're, man, they're, they're they're I don't know. They're exalted in my world. She's singing in the spirit, and everyone gathers around. The Holy Spirit just fell. It's awesome. Oh. Welcome to these various seasons, and welcome to the season of giving and receiving. And before you think I've made this commercial, I haven't. I've made this scriptural. This is the season of giving and receiving. I hope that all of your family and corporate gatherings take place this side of Christmas, before Christmas, because if they don't, then you are vulnerable to another Christmas tradition. And that is the tradition of regifting. Oh. But you know what? Not, uh, not all regifting is bad, right? Now, I don't want to be regifted a bread maker. Um, but say, I don't know, say you had. Just a mint condition, 71 Roadrunner. And someone gave you another cherry, beautiful 1971 Plymouth Roadrunner. So now you had two. No one should have two 71 Roadrunners. So if Rob were to re-gift that second Roadrunner to one of us, wouldn't that be the most phenomenal of gifts? Would anybody care that it was a re-gift? <laughs> Except for Rob's wife, Joyce. Other than Joyce. There's not a single person in the world that would mind, outside of Joyce, that kind of re-gifting. That is, if the lucky person who was offered this gift, this re-gift, actually accepted it. In this beautiful Christmas season, I want to talk about gifts. I want to talk about receiving the greatest gift. And then, re-gifting that gift. 
re-gifting that valuable, beautiful gift that's even more valuable and beautiful than Rob's car, that gift of grace and salvation and hope in Jesus Christ. Let's start with the perfect scripture about giving. We all know it by heart. John 3. God so loved the world, he gave his only son. That right there, greatest gift ever given. That whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Since we're in the Christmas season, I've asked Joe to read the story of the nights that this gift was given to the world. So Joe's going to read Luke 2, 1 through 14. To his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth unto Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was an angel of multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill to men. Amen. Glory to God in the highest. Glory to God. I want to change my, my previous answer from the Grinch. I want to change it to the Charlie Brown Christmas. Because in that... In that cartoon, Linus walks to the stage and he reads this. And the world has heard the gospel message of the birth of Jesus Christ who would bring hope and peace to the world. And, and if, if it's on sometime soon, watch it. And watch Linus who holds on to that little security blanket. But not when he gets to the part when he says, fear not, he lets go of that blanket. He lets go and says, fear not. Because in Jesus Christ, we do not have to have fear. You guys, the giving of a gift requires action on the part of the recipient. And it's simple action, but it's receiving. It's receiving. I don't have to receive if I don't want. I can shake it off. I can refuse. I can be palms down and, and non-receptive. Then I miss out on that. 
Let's read the next three verses to see what the response of the shepherds was to the gift that they were offered. So we're still in Luke 2, verse 15 through 17. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now, even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning the child. What did they do? They regifted the remarkable gift of this life-changing experience. I want to make something really clear to you guys. I want to point something out that's just really cool. Verse 17. This is amazing. And when they had seen him, when they had seen them, they had seen what? When they had seen it, they made known abroad the same. They made known abroad. They re-gifted the same which was told them concerning this child. When they had seen it, not him, it, not them, it. So what is it? What is it? Is it the spectacle? Is it the pageant? Is it the fulfillment of promise? Here's what I believe it is. Truth. See, the angels said something, and they went to see it for themselves, and when they got there, they found that it was true. That Jesus had been born. The Messiah had been born. It was true. It was truth. When they had seen the truth, they took the truth abroad and told others. Friends, when we have accepted and we the truth, we only have one response and one obligation. Not, not a religious obligation, an inner obligation out of the affection we have for God because we've received the truth and that response, take it to our neighbors, to take it to the grocery store, to take it to our co-workers and to share the good news of hope. Why? Because we know it's true. Because we know it's true. We take it. We take the truth of Jesus Christ with us. And we share it with others who need to hear it. They went to see for themselves it's true. And you know what? It was. I once heard a story that's forgettable to me. In 1989, there was a man named George Wilson that committed a heinous crime. Subsequently, he was caught for that crime. He was tried, and it's actually six he was eventually found guilty of. He was tried, he was found guilty, and the sentence that was issued to him was death by hanging. The execution of that penalty was scheduled to be taking place on July 2nd, 1930. Imagine being convicted of a crime 
you deeply regret it. And then imagine being offered a to completely absolve you of the most severe penalty, death. Would you accept it? This is the story of a man who did not. George Wilson did not. In 1929, George U.S. mail carrier, he was found guilty. One of the things he was found guilty of was putting the driver of the coach, putting his life in jeopardy. Influential friends of George Wilson, influential friends, so much so that they had an ear of the President of the United States, Andrew Jackson. They pleaded with Andrew Jackson for mercy. They asked him to show mercy to their friend. And you know what Andrew Jackson did? He heard them and he showed mercy. He offered, he offered George Wilson a pardon from the death penalty. Now, he said, you're still going to have to serve 20 years for these other crimes, but I'm, I'm still pardoned from the death. Incredibly, George Wilson refused the pardon. An official report states that Wilson chose to, and I quote, waive and decline any advantage or protection which might be supposed to arise from the pardon. Wilson himself stated that he had nothing to say, did not wish in any manner to avail himself in order to avoid the sentence. So he, he stuck to that line. He did not explain why he refused the pardon. He stayed quiet. The U.S. Supreme Court determined this. Hear this. This is powerful. This is what the Supreme Court decided. The court cannot give the prisoner the benefit of the pardon unless he claims the benefit of it. It is a grant to him. It is his property. And he may accept it or not as he pleases. Listen to this. Chief Justice John Marshall wrote, Sin is an act of grace proceeding from the power entrusted with execution of the laws. But delivery is not completed without acceptance. It may be then be rejected by the person to whom it is tendered. And we have no power in court to force it upon him. George refused the pardon, and the court was powerless to force him. He was found guilty. He was tried. He was sentenced for execution. And a presidential decree that gave him pardon was issued. And when he refused the pardon, he chose to die. He chose death. Regarding this story, we might wonder how in the world would anybody refuse a pardon that would bring life? George Wilson is a fool, we might think. But what if 
you in this place are also refusing a pardon today. What refusing a pardon that would enable you to spend eternity with a loving God? A pardon that would take you from darkness and heaviness and oppression and hopelessness right here on earth and bring you into the presence of God right here on earth. Friends, there's a harsh reality to all of this. We robbed the stagecoach. We put the the driver's life in jeopardy. We are guilty. And the Bible plainly teaches that we are all sinners. We're all people who have repeatedly broken God's laws. Romans 3.23 states this, For all have sinned, all have sinned, and fall short of the glory of God. And penalties for breaking God's law. There's a penalty for sin. So what are the consequences? Well, Romans 6 says this, For the wages, wages are that thing that you've earned, for the wages, for the things you've earned of sin is death. And John 1.8 candidly states this reality that we cannot hide from. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. You might be saying, Mark, that doesn't sound like good news at all. The gospel in that. When are you going to get the happy part? You're right. Let's get to the good news. Let's get to the gospel. God has provided each and every one of us, with no exception, the free gift of pardon. Every one of us has been offered pardon for our crimes, for our sins, where the penalty is death. The penalty separation from God on this earth and when we die. The Bible talks about a place called hell of eternal darkness and torment where you are separate from God. And that's the death we're talking about. He makes this pardon available to each and every one of us. But we have to receive it. We have to receive it to receive the benefits of it, to receive the life, we have to receive it. There's different postures of rejection, and they they come from different places. With George Wilson, we can only speculate, but I know through experience and friendships that there's times people reject this pardon because of feeling unworthy or undeserving. A feeling like it's it's not true. That there's not truth in that their sin doesn't lead to death. There's many reasons why why some would say no. To receive the benefits, we have to receive the pardon. God doesn't want a single person on this earth to perish or to be tormented in death or separate from Him. God wants everyone to be with him. In 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, we read this. It says, The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promises, as some count slowness, 
but he is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. That all should reach repentance. That all should reach out and receive that pardon as well. Pardon is only offered through one thing. This pardon is only offered through one thing. So what is it? What is that it's, it's, that it's offered through? The truth of Jesus Christ. Offered through the completed work of Jesus Christ. Salvation that he purchased for you and I through his life through his death, through his resurrection. Jesus has offered us life and life to the fullest. And he has sent a grace to us that is greater than sin. A grace has been issued to us that is greater than shame. Jesus has showed up at the door of our hearts. And he's so close that we can hear him knocking. But we have to let him in. We have to open the door to him. Just as Chief Justice Marshall declared, delivery is not complete without acceptance. Acceptance of this truth is all that you have to do. Acceptance of this truth of Jesus Christ do. You know what we call that? You know what we call that acceptance of truth? Believing. We call that believing. Acceptance of this truth. Believing. You know what? It doesn't say we have to be able to connect all the dots. It doesn't say we've got to find, you know, proof for it. It just says we've got to believe. We've got to grab a hold of this truth and say, I believe it to be true. You know, God loves our honesty. He loves our vulnerability. He loves our... Lord, I need you to open my eyes to some things. A lot of questions. And can you show me what matters and what doesn't matter? Can you, can you speak life to this? Can you, can you continue to speak truth? Here's your response. Absolutely. I've sent the Holy Spirit who will constantly guide you into truth. Because I want you to walk in truth. I don't want you to be ignorant of me. I want you to know the truth. I've sent the Holy Spirit so you can walk in here's some more good news. Those three verses that I read to you earlier, they have second halves to them. Romans 3, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified. We are made in right standing with God by his grace as a gift. The redemption that is in Christ Jesus as a gift. Friends, we don't earn gifts. Gifts are given. Gifts are freely given. We don't earn gifts. We earn wages, and that's what sin is. But gifts are freely given by God. So we, didn't, we don't earn salvation. We don't earn grace. It's not even our goodnessity that earns freely given. So what about the of sin? What about the consequences? Romans 6, 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of in Christ Jesus our Lord, but the gift, I'm seeing a call it team, 
later 1 John 1, explains the reality that, yes, we have sinned. But the bigger reality in this passage of Scripture is God's forgiveness. That's the bigger reality. God's pardon offered to us in Jesus. 1 John 1, 7 through 9. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. From how much sin? All sin. All sin. Even if I've cussed? Yeah. Even if I've slept around? robbed a bank? Yeah. Even if I robbed a stagecoach? Yeah. All sin. If we we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So the question is this. If not be done so, will you receive this Will you receive this pardon? Will you receive the absolving of all of your past? Of all of your future sin? Because God's just enough and and it's mind-bending to imagine it. Because when we we receive him, when we receive his grace, we're not just receiving a one-time thing, we're receiving entrance in relationship with him. We're constantly going to him. We're constantly... We're constantly in dialogue and communication with God. This isn't a one-time religious act. This is an acceptance and relationship of freedom. And I started off this most famous verses of all, John 3.16. And that mentions the gift of Jesus from the Father. But let me read two verses after it as well. So starting at verse 16. 16 through 18. For God so world, he gave his only son that who believed in him should not perish but have eternal life. Next two verses. Send his son into the world to condemn the world. Isn't that good news? Jesus was not sent to condemn the but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. But whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name. He has not believed in the character, in the goodness of the only Son of God. to make this message abundantly clear receiving and regifting this truth has to be received by us the salvation has to be received by us to be for it to, to benefit us Christianity doesn't benefit us without receiving the truth of Jesus Christ religion doesn't benefit us without receiving the truth of Jesus Christ We have to receive. But as part of our commission from God Himself, we also have to regift.
we also have to take this to others. Maybe you don't know anyone who, who needs help. Do you know anyone who needs help? Do you know anyone who needs the good news that that their sins are forgiven, that their sins have been paid for by Jesus himself? Do you know anyone who needs the good news that God is not mad? That he wasn't sent in the world to condemn the world, but to bring freedom, but to liberate? That Jesus is awesome? Jesus needs to be regifted by every single one of us. The truth of his life is real. The truth of his love is real. The truth of his grace is real. The truth of his salvation is real. This is what the shepherds saw when they showed up. They saw it. They saw the truth. And they were they had encountered angels. They had the heck scared out of them. They went to see if it was true. They found the truth. And they didn't even stay at a party. They didn't even stay to change a diaper or to, you know, to... Any, they left to go take the good news of Jesus. Because that's what we do when we encounter the truth. The truth of his salvation is real. And if you've given your life to Christ, you know it and I know it. But our neighbors need to know it. And our kids need to know it. And our friends need to know it. And our co-workers need to know it. this hopeful message is needed abroad as well. Maybe they haven't received it. Maybe when you come and you bring this message of truth to them, they won't receive it then and there. But that's okay because that's not your responsibility. You're not the savior. You're the delivery guy. You're the delivery gal. That's all. You're not the savior. The responsibility to save is not upon you. The, the, the responsibility that's upon you is to deliver the message to deliver the package again and again and again with hope, with grace, with patience. God's patient with us. He desires that not one perish. So we should be patient and persistent as well. Jesus said this in Luke 4, 43. Jesus said, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns as well, for I was sent for this purpose. Jesus was sent for the purpose of bringing the good news of God's love. And before he ascended to heaven, to that position of honor at the right hand of the Father, he said this in Mark 16, 15. He said to them, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole of creation. That's our commission, guys, to re-gift. We receive, we re-gift. This Christmas season, let's re-gift. We have a cool opportunity, guys. We have a cool opportunity. Let's re-gift on Instagram. Let's re-gift on Facebook. Let's re-gift on social media. Let's re-gift in cool, unique little ways. Let's re-gift with cookies and the good news of Jesus. Let's re-gift with marshmallow snowman art and the good news of Jesus Christ. Let's simply tell the truth of how we've experienced Jesus. Let's simply tell the truth 
of how our lives have been changed by an awesome God. Can we do that? Am I asking something too hard? Just tell the truth. This is how my life has been changed by Jesus. Mic drop. Let the Holy Spirit do his job. Let the Holy Spirit do his job. It's the Holy Spirit. When your words are done, it's, the Holy Spirit will cause them to still ring in their ears because that's what the Holy Spirit does. But the Holy Spirit needs us to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ so that there are words to ring in their ears. Amen?